Hey, welcome everybody. Here it is. It is Sunday evening, and uh, we have another exciting time here. It's December 6th, and with Bob Probert, and uh, he is our guest for tonight. I know that you're going to enjoy our time together. And uh, listen, we are in, we've been in the book of Daniel. It's been exciting. In the book of Daniel, we've learned a little bit about Alexander the Great and the Greek Empire. And then when we left off last time, we were looking at Antiochus Epiphanes. And really, we focused on how he was a type of Antichrist. But yeah. what we're going to do we're, tonight, Bob, we're going to do something a little bit different. Yeah. We're going to go and we're going to get into details. And this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get into details uh, going back to the time of Alexander. Yes. Work through history. And we're going to work through um, the the time of the Maccabees. Yes. And, and we're going to look at the... Um, the different deals, things that were going on yep. uh, with the Greek empire and the suffering that the Jewish people were going through and how we arrived at what is currently Hanukkah. The celebration of Hanukkah, the festival of lights. And uh, probably um, I didn't hear all your previous studies. So what? You I know. I, on occasion, I miss them. Write an I don't email to him. He's a sinner. <laughs> You're out now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you went in depth on Antiochus because he is a wretched guy and he definitely is a type of the Antichrist. So I was going to cover a lot of that briefly just to get down to the modern day celebration of Hanukkah, which is a fun time and, and a lot more than just some commercial thing to give something Jews to do during Christmas. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unlike like Adam Sandler song. Yeah, they yeah. Know, where the Gentiles is. get Christmas. What do we have? Well, yeah. eight, we, eight days of gifts. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Uh, because I like celebrating Jewish holidays, I'm not under the law. It's not a legalistic thing or anything like that. But they're just a lot of fun. Yeah. And the reason they're fun for me is I've discovered every single Jewish holiday points to Jesus Christ. And so I like celebrating Hanukkah. And my kids are the ones who really got into it. I have a, a boy and a girl, and the reason they like it is because my daughter's like, presents? Eight days <laughs> eight, in a row? Eight days Are you kidding presents. me? Yeah, I'll do this. Yeah. Do we still get to do Christmas, too, so I can get nine? And it's like, yeah, we'll do that, too. And then my son is like, light fire. I get to light things on fire. And so, uh, you know, generally a family will have one menorah, one Hanukkah, that eight-branch candelabra. Uh, but he has begun collecting them over the years. And I think last year we probably lit 14 or 15 oh, of them. I'm just waiting for the uh, fire alarm to go <laughs> no off, the fire department to show up. But, boy, it was bright. It was certainly a <laughs> festival of lights. So I bet it was. It was a trip. Well, we're we're going to have a lot of fun. You know, when you're just talking now about uh, celebrating the Jewish feast days, Yeah. Uh, for, for everybody watching this, uh, Bob does uh, Passover with us every year, leads us in Passover. You've done that with me for over 20 years now. Man. And then, um, are we that old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Older. <laughs> and then, but you know, going to Israel with you, you're, you're on all my Israel trips. Yes. Um, and, and what a blessing. And, and, and it is. In fact, we have one coming up again next October yeah. with David Tal and Don Stewart. Oh, and both of us. So that's, and registration's already begun on that. And, yeah. And uh, so we have, ex but it's so exciting. You go over to Israel. We've been there for Purim. You've been there for probably yeah. all of the different feast days. I have. Um, and, but even the Shabbat 
Yes. You look at just every uh, Friday evening, the sun goes down and Shabbat begins and it, it's celebrating every week. It's like Thanksgiving every week, which yes. is, is really amazing uh, to just see. I'm not Jewish. Yeah. I'm Gentile, but I love celebrating these days because as you said, they, they point us to Christ. Exactly. Uh, and you get to eat a lot, too. Which oh, is, yeah. Which is something, Food's always which a good deal. I find it interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Lord always has food in everything in the Bible. Yeah. There's, there must be a reason for that. It, and the other thing, same same with me. People ask me all the time, are you Jewish? Because I like celebrating the feast. Yeah. I have so much fun with them. I go, well, spiritually, this causes trouble for some Jews, too. And they go, well, what do you mean? Because of the whole teaching of um, replacement theology, yeah. you know, did the church get rid of the Jews? No, we have not. Yeah. We're grafted in. We, we are not the Jewish people, but I've been adopted. And uh, a good friend of mine who's Jewish says, stop saying that. Would you go, look, dad loves me just as much as he loves you. <laughs> so even though I'm adopted. So uh, I, I get it from Romans chapter 2, 28 and 29, where Paul really uses a play on words there. He says he is not a Jew, which one, which is one outwardly like circumcision, but he is one inwardly circumcision of the heart. And so the, the play on words there is the word Jew and the word praise are the same word. And so he is not a praise, which is one outwardly. We know that. We see a lot of people in the church who can go, praise the Lord, hallelujah, God bless you, pass the food. Uh, but they haven't received Jesus in their heart. They haven't made a commitment to the Lord. Uh, but those that have are a praise unto the Lord. Their Judaism is not of the flesh, it's of the spirit. So I'm thankful to be that part of the family. I don't mind being adopted. There was lots of people in the Bible that were adopted. Uh, Jesus was adopted by Joseph. So there's a good start right there, you know? Yeah. yeah I, I didn't know that, that the, the word Jew was the praise. praise. Do you remember Leah's fourth son okay. uh, is Judah, Yada, uh -huh. uh, and she said, now I will praise the yeah. Lord because my husband will be joined into me. That was her whole struggle. I, I want my husband, and mm. he's in love with this other woman. What a tough deal. So she named her fourth son Praise. praise. I, you yeah. know, I don't know why I never made that connection, or if I did, I forgot it. That's so long you I'm probably forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> it probably was 20 years ago when I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that is so cool. So thanks for the reminder. Sure. Um, and that, that is great. Okay, I want to get into the... the uh, we're going to go back in time. Yeah. And I also think of the days of uh, the Greek Empire, then what yes. happened with the persecution of the Jews under Antiochus. But we look at today. Yeah. Where we are today, there's so much uncertainty. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of concern uh, for obvious reasons. I believe that we are headed rapidly uh, to the tribulation period. Amen. I believe there's going to be a rapture that's going to take uh, place before the tribulation. I agree. Uh, however... As I look at events, the world is definitely changing. We have the, the, the uh, on the horizon is a one world government, new yep. world order. We keep hearing about it, the Great Reset. Um, the world is almost a year now we've been in this coronavirus balagon. Yeah. And you can tell, I mean, enough facts are out there that you can tell, look, this is uh, being blown way out of proportion. Yes. Um, I do know people who have been sick from it. I even know a couple of people that have died from coronavirus. But the numbers are not there to justify uh, what has been happening to the world. And, and, and the world is, is changing. People are losing their jobs. Yes. Churches are 
closed. Yes. And, and uh, you, you look at this and you go, interesting. We're thing. losing freedoms. Rapidly. We're losing what this country was founded on. And I, I think one of the main markers for me was in 2010, we had a pandemic. And if you look at the numbers, yeah. they were a yeah. lot worse than they are H1N1. now. H1N1. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, um, but we had a different administration. Yeah. And there wasn't a, a socioeconomic political agenda mm -hmm. uh, against another political candidate at the time. And so we didn't have to wear masks. A lot more people died. It lasted for 19 months. Um, now, this time, we're going a whole different route with everything. And I, I really kind of go back to, what did they do in the Bible? Mm -hmm. You took the sick people and quarantined them. Yeah. You didn't shut down society. You didn't yeah. quarantine everybody. And yeah. so it's scary right now. We know the scripture says in the end, Israel will stand alone. Mm -hmm. um, the current administration has done incredible things for Israel. Uh, now that it looks like he's not there, what is going to happen between America and Israel? And I know Israel's freaked out. You know, what are our contingencies? What are we going to do if America no longer supports us? And, and though in hearts like yours and mine, that's a sad thing, but we know that it's a biblical thing and that it has to happen and it's going to happen. And we may be watching that happen. Yeah. I, I met with some people over lunch, actually, just last week, and mm. they kept mentioning their names uh, just because of the conversation and right. who they were. But um, they were very, the, two Israelis, uh, very troubled mm -hmm. by the uh, Biden administration uh, possibility. And we're still in this, <laughs> yeah. you know, who's going to be president? Yeah. And, um, and I know what I want, but nevertheless, we know God is on the throne. Amen. But... They both were. I mean, they were. They were pretty ticked off yeah. during our time together. And uh, and but they both said, "We will listen." Israel has always had to stand alone. It's yep. been wonderful having the Trump administration, but we've always known uh, that that could turn at any moment. Yeah. So we are ready to do whatever is necessary. And then they went into a conversation regarding um, Iran. Wow. And uh, what. They know they have to do. Then we look at what happened just the other day. Yeah. Or last week. And everybody week goes, who week. did that? Yeah. We're thinking, uh, I think I know. <laughs> yeah. So you I don't have any that. proof, but I think I know. <laughs> Somebody was being threatened. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, yeah, we see this with the nuclear scientists in Iran being taken out. Yeah. Uh, David Tal and I had a conversation here recently uh, doing an interview as well for my midweek one yeah. uh, about Mossad in you know working in Egypt uh, some years back we had some footage from it and it, was, oh, it was wow so interesting times we live in but let's Incredible. go back because let's walk through Daniel chapter 11 because that's where we've been Alexander the Great Alexander and let's the start Great. from there get okay. up to the time of uh, of Antiochus Epiphanes and in the persecution against the Jews and what yeah. happened to the temple. And then we wanted to go to Jesus. Yeah. John, uh, Gospel of because John. Because he is, is a part of this. Yes, he is. And, and most a lot people, of Christians don't realize that. And no, they, they have no most clue. Most of the Jews I know have no clue either. Why no, would you don't. Christians want anything to do with it? This is this is ours. This is Jewish. Yeah. Well, again, I've been adopted, and I kind of enjoy the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's it's so much fun. Yeah. But but the fun came with the great price. It, always, uh, it, always. Yeah. The it, liberty, the the freedom, the freedom cost. Absolutely. Very so costly. Let's, so take us back. Okay. Daniel chapter eleven. Let's Alexander. Go, let's go to Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great is a young man. 
amazing son of Philip of Macedon. He's conquering the entire known world. And uh, I, I mean, it's the kind of thing that makes you sad some days. You know, you, you look at your life and you go, huh. What have I accomplished by 30? Yeah. Not much. <laughs> Got a couple of years to catch up, and then, then you pass that mark, and it's like, yeah. But uh, he um, was always looking for something further out there. It was an obsession with him. And we read that uh, I think it was his 30th birthday that he got drunk, fell into a puddle, mud puddle, and got pneumonia, and he's dying, and he's got two sons. And the question was, who does the kingdom go to? Who's going to rule? Who's going to take over this huge amount of territory that you've gained? And as I remember, if I'm correct, that one of the sons was assassinated before, right before he died. The other one was assassinated afterwards. But Alexander's words were, give it to the strong. So there were four main generals, Cassander, Lysimachus, Ptolemy, and Seleucid, and they basically divided up the world. And you can look in the history and see who took what pieces of land. The two that concern us mostly are the Seleucids and the Ptolemies, because they're the ones that we're reading about in Daniel 11. They're the ones that took the territory north of Israel, the Seleucids, and the Ptolemies took that area south of Israel. And I think is it Daniel 11 where it talks about them going back and forth over yes. the Holy Land. Oh, over the Holy Land. Even with, yeah. uh, you know, I've even discovered they even had elephants involved in their battle. Isn't and, that amazing? Yeah, and uh, it was interesting. And then uh, there, it was using their own daughters for peace agreements. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah if, if, and that's a long-term thing historically is like, you marry my daughter, I'm not going to attack your city because my daughter lives there and vice versa. Um, I, I think uh, Richardson's book on Peace Child was based on that very exchange, you know, who marries who and whose son was given for what. So uh, fascinating stuff. But the, the ones we're concerned with are the North and the South. They're continually fighting back and forth. And Daniel, prophetically, in advance, tells us who these people are. We on this side of history can look back and go, oh, that was... Cyrus, this was uh, Cambyses, this is, uh, we get clear down to, uh, I was sharing with you earlier, one of the fascinating things to me is Cleopatra is in that listing twice. Cleopatra the first is not the Cleopatra we think of, you know, Queen of the Nile. It's Cleopatra the seventh, who was a consort with Mark Anthony against Rome. And she wasn't Egyptian, she was Greek. She was a part of the Ptolemy line. So she was a Greek woman ruling mm. Egypt. And so these two factions are going back and forth. And we come down to Antiochus IV, who takes on the title of Epiphany or the illustrious. Guy obviously had no ego problems. <laughs> oh, the, the names that they came up with for themselves. Yeah. Uh, even going to Israel, yeah. it's very, when, we're, when we're in Jerusalem, was it Suleiman the Magnificent? Yeah, the Magnificent. These, these, these people uh, yeah. named themselves. Yeah. <laughs> they, they gave themselves these incredible names. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily make it so, but hey, you're in charge. You can call yourself whatever you want. Yes, you can. And yes. so they do. There's some big egos. Yeah. So he's he's got this ego thing going. He's the magnificent. He's the illustrious one. He's this incredible guy. And he's going to keep this war going on between the North and the South. So he wants to head South. Uh, the Ptolemies in the South at this time are, are uh, not as strong as they have been at other times. So there's this new upstart nation. 
and they happened to have a garrison over on the island of Cyprus. Mm -hmm. uh, it's anciently known as Chittim. And so they call on the general of this young Roman army to come and assist them, help us out in this. So he comes and he meets Antiochus at the border there, the, the current DMZ or whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah. And uh, Antiochus is like, get out of my way. And the guy goes, no. <laughs> and uh, incredible story. He draws a circle around him with his sword and says, listen, you better figure out what you're going to do by the time you step out of this circle. And um, with that Roman garrison there, Antiochus realized he's outgunned. He's outnumbered. He's outmanned. He's not going to win this fight. He could have if Rome hadn't become involved in this, but he's mad now. So he's going to go home and he's mad and he's going to take it out on everybody along the way heading home that everybody along the way happens to be Israel. So he's doing, he's doing horrible things there. He wants to Hellenize the world. He wants to get the Greek gods involved. He wants the Greek culture involved. Interesting thing. I want to jump back to Alexander just for a minute. While he's conquering the world, he'd heard about these stiff necked Jews He'd heard about Israel. And did you cover the dream? Uh, I, I did briefly in the first message I did on it. He, but, had, but he it, had a dream every night before he went to battle. This man would come to him and say, you're going to be victorious. And, and he didn't know who this man was, but he gets ready. There's been people who have been complaining and, and wanting him to get rid of Israel. There's always enemies who want to destroy Israel. And Alexander is, is setting his battle in array, so to speak, in the King James, you know, getting ready to attack. And the high priest comes out. And, and the, or excuse me, Alexander gets off his horse and kneels before this high priest of Jerusalem. And his soldiers are in awe. They're like, what in the world? Alexander doesn't bow to anybody. What are you, what are you doing? And he goes, this is the guy in my dream. We're not touching this city. They can do what they want. They had religious freedom. Alexander passed them on by. He wasn't going to destroy Jerusalem or, or mess with the Jewish people. But as in all things, like Joseph in Egypt, that was great at one time, but a few hundred years later, yeah. things change. Yeah. They, hold on here yeah. for just a second. So I want to point this out. What, what is fascinating about all of this is Daniel wrote these things before they ever happened. Way in advance. And because of that, historians, even theologians, even within Christian denominations have yes. said the book of Daniel. You, it, you, you can't a, have that kind of accuracy. Right. It's got to be written after the fact. Right. After the fact. And it wasn't. And, and it wasn't. Listen, God tells us then from the beginning, yeah. we can believe all of his words being absolutely true. Amen. That's why we're, we're going to get into this in a few more minutes when you get to Hanukkah and then today. Yeah. When we see what's going on today, we know that God's word had already told us what this world was going to look like before exactly. Jesus was coming. Something else I want to ask you about. When we, this is for people who get to go to Israel. People yeah. have been there before. When you go up to the area of Caesarea Philippi. Yes. Uh, up there, it was a Greek city, correct? Yes. And with all of the niches up there, you have the smaller ones, you have the giant ones. Those yeah. were the various Greek gods that were... Yeah that were celebrated and worshipped up there going all the way back to this time that we're reading about yes, Daniel yeah. chapter 11. Then the main god there was Pan. And so the city was called, well, it was called by the Jews, Caesarea Philippi. Mm -hmm. Philip was the king, but he wanted to honor Caesar to keep things kosher there. Um, but 
everybody else called it panas. Uh, and in the Arabic language, they can't pronounce the P, so they changed it to a B. So it's Banyas today. But yeah, it was it was the god Pan, that half horse, half man thing, you know, yeah. that causes panic and pandemonium, pandemonium. and all those kinds yeah. of things. It's just fascinating, these different uh, connections. Yeah, it's incredible so, because it does all come together. Uh, we, we try to separate it out. A lot of times I think in our minds is here's Bible history, here's Jewish history, and here's Roman history, and here's Greek history, and here's the rest of the world. But it's all, it was a few years ago when I was a lot younger, I, I came to the understanding that it's not just history, it's his story. Mm -hmm. And that's why everybody's connected, and that's why everybody's involved. They all have a part in this because they all need to know the true way to salvation. Jesus Christ. Amen. So with, with uh, in fact, Jesus in, in uh, I think it's Matthew chapter 13 or 16, when he takes the disciples up to the area right. of, uh, of Caesarea Philippi yep. and asks them, who do you say that who I am? Who do you that, say that I am? I better not yeah. take, that, take well, on that rap We're going to forget Hanukkah and do yeah. a whole story so, on yeah, that. So, let's, so Antiochus Epiphany, he has been pushed back by the Romans in right. Cyprus, correct? Uh, well, they came from Cyprus over to Egypt to help out the Ptolemies at that time, right? So he's come back to Jerusalem. He's still trying to Hellenize everything there. He still wants to be in charge, and he's laying down some heavy rules. You will not keep Sabbath. You will not circumcise your children. And there's some horrendous stories. Uh, I don't yeah. know if these are good stories for television, but, um, yeah. you know, the two the, mothers. Yes. They circumcised their sons secretly, and he took their sons and murdered them. And tied them around the mother's neck and paraded them around the city to yes. say, this is what will happen if you disobey yeah. my orders. So it's completely evil. So from oh. Alexander the Great, who had the dream, who bowed to uh, was the, the high, high, priest. high priest in Jerusalem. Uh, you fast forward a couple of generations, uh, a couple in hundred several years. Several generations, yeah. Uh, and you come to Antiochus, and it's completely the opposite. Exactly. Complete wickedness. And these stories like this, you read about with Antiochus yeah. and how wicked they're, they're and evil he was. Hence, he was a type of Antichrist. But to 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 the persecution that started with the Jews and Antiochus. Well, he's trying to Hellenize everything, and he wants people to quit worshiping. He sends an officer with a lot of money to a city called Modin, which is just outside of Jerusalem. Yeah, we have some friends who have lived in Modin. Yeah, we do. And uh, the the priest there, a Jewish priest in, who lives in Modin, is a guy named Matthias or Matthias. And uh, he is not having anything to do with this. The officer literally comes to bribe him. And he said, listen, we're going to set up a statue of Jupiter in the city square. And listen... I don't care if you believe it or not. If you will just bow down to the statue, everybody will see you. You're the high priest. You're a, a leader in this community. If they see you, they'll bow down. And, and I'll pay you big bucks to compromise your faith. That's what the bottom line is. I'll give you whatever you want to compromise your faith so we can get everybody to fall in line. And, and uh, he's not having this. 
I got to just say, yeah. it sounds so much like today. It does. What is happening? Hey, uh, don't have church. Everybody will right. say, listen, just go along with the program. You can still believe in God and worship him at home. Keep and it in to your yourself. Heart. Keep it to yourself. We don't care. It's going to go good for us, yeah. but not so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one Jew, though, does come up and he goes, I'll bow. I'll do it. And Matthias gets so mad, he actually grabs the sword of the Jew, of the uh, Greek officer and kills the Jew because he's blasphemed. And this, and then he goes ahead and kills the officer. And there's, you know, some people taken out there and, and it's like, okay, this started the war. Now he's not able, he's an old guy. And so, you know what it's like, he's not able to go out and lead an army right now. <laughs> We're not David, right? <laughs> so uh, his four sons take over the fight and his oldest son, Judah, uh, is the leader of this thing. And they go into guerrilla warfare for the next three years, a little over three years. And they take on the name Maccabees. It's a Hebrew word that means the hammerers because that's what they were doing. They were hammering this, uh, I mean, a well-prepared, a well-trained Greek army, but these guys are doing guerrilla warfare. They're, they, again, incredible stories when you're reading the history. It's like uh, at one time they set up a fake camp and then they leaked word to the Greeks that, oh, the Jews are cap camped over here. You can go get them. And so when the when the Greek army went running over to get to the Jews in this fake camp, mm -hmm. uh, the Jews attacked their real camp and wiped out everything there. And this kind of thing went on for over three years. And Antiochus finally was so embarrassed, he committed suicide. He drowned himself. So... Uh, in the meantime, though, while he was doing all this, he desecrates the temple. He goes in, he sets up an altar there. He sacrifices a pig, a sow, an unclean animal on the altar. And, and then the soldiers go in and desecrate the temple. They're taking the oil from the temple. They're writing obscenities on the walls of the temple and, and just wrecking havoc and destroying it, the Jews can no longer go there and worship. It's not a pure place. It's not the house that they had gone to worship the Lord in anymore. So what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. We're fighting for three and a half years. In the three and a half years, we finally gained the temple back. We kicked the Greeks out of the land. And we've got the temple back. What's the first thing we need to do? We need to cleanse the temple. So... They go and start cleaning things up. And one of the problems is there's a special way to manufacture the oil that was used for the candelabrum from the seven-branch candle stand, the menorah in the temple. And um, as they're digging through the rubble, they only find one bottle, mm -hmm. one vial of oil. And uh, it's not enough. We need a lot more. It's going to take another week before they can manufacture some more oil. And the decision was, you know what? Let's go ahead and light the candle. Let's go ahead and light the menorah, and uh, we'll celebrate for as long as we can. And the miracle that happened there was one day's supply of oil lasted for eight days until they could get new oil, until they could manufacture new oil. And that was the beginning of Hanukkah, or Festival of Lights, or Feast of Dedication. All those are the, the name for Hanukkah. They're celebrating, they've, they've lit the candles, God's done a miraculous thing. And so with everything else, 
I like what David Tall says. They came, they tried to kill us, they didn't. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. <laughs> and, and so it's a feast again. Yeah. So now you have eight, you have, you have the menorah built, uh, burning for eight days. Yes. Um, which is miraculous. Yes. And so hence we have the eight days of the celebration of Hanukkah. Exactly. Now, in the Bible, you have different feasts. Yes. And Leviticus lists seven major feasts in Israel. And oftentimes the question is, well, I don't see Hanukkah in there because it's not in there. Well, why are we celebrating Hanukkah? Well, the Jews are celebrating because past the time of Moses, many years past the time of Moses, God is still working with his people, working in his land, and he's doing miraculous things for them. You'll notice when guys like Stephen come along, they recount the history because of all the incredible things God has done. And this to the Jewish people is just another miraculous thing yeah. that God has done. A uh, feast of Purim yeah. would be falling to a similar category. But it comes out of the book of Esther. But where do we find Hanukkah? Yeah. It, it's not in Tanakh. Mm -hmm. It's not in Torah. Uh, but we do find it, interestingly enough, in the New Testament. Yes. And, and so with that, it's when you look at, you have the book of Esther, which is a Jewish book, but Purim wasn't in Leviticus. No. Nope. You have the whole Bible is a Jewish book, you know, yes. and Christians just don't grasp that for, for whatever reason, the old Testament and new Testament. It's, it's, it's a Jewish book. Yeah. It's, it's 66 books. And, um, and you look, you, and I mean, there's, there's actually uh, Christians who don't know that Jesus was a Jew. I was going to say, one of your Hanukkahs, the Hanukkah we sell, or excuse me, the, the Passover we celebrated at your church, I make a point of saying Jesus was a Jew. And one lady came up to me after, she goes, you know, that was fascinating. I thought he was a Christian. <laughs> Somebody in my church, and I, that's, yeah. a, that's embarrassing. Well, I think they were visiting, Tom. They were okay, a guest. They were, <laughs> yeah. okay. they were a guest that night. But so, I, I thought he was a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, you don't, you don't want to laugh at somebody, but it just is a lack of understanding. So yeah, and lack of teaching because yeah. churches don't a lot do primarily they don't teach any of any no. of these things. Like they do topical things uh, that are comfortable for the pastor. They don't want to make waves. They don't want to cause problems. Uh, we want to be seeker friendly. We want everybody to feel good about the service. And you know what? Sin is not good, and it needs to be confronted. And that's not always comfortable. But the truth needs to be told. Yeah. Otherwise, you die in your sin. Absolutely. Uh, a, a, a church that is truly a living church is yeah. going to be teaching about sin and judgment and repentance yes. and life that comes from But he's Christ. a God of love. Why would he well, do these horrible things? Because he's a God of justice. And he's very merciful in his justice, too. And, and well, really, what's amazing, when you see a lot of horrible things that are happening in the world right now, these are men's decisions yes. to bring about these horrible things yeah. that are happening. Closing businesses, uh, destroying lives, yeah. and just everything that's well, And place. we want peace, but we don't want righteousness. Yeah. I was just reading Psalm 86 last night. Righteousness and peace have kissed. I thought, not in my world. You know, that is exactly the opposite of what's going on no in my world today. No they want they want peace, but without righteousness. Let me go and sin. Let me yeah. uh, follow the desires of the lust of my flesh, and and give me peace. Make everything all right. Mm, yeah. Sorry, 
It's not how it works. It, it does not work that no. way. You can't have genuine peace. You will not have peace with God. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 6, oh uh, the leaders say, peace, peace, when there is no peace, Jeremiah yeah. says. It's a lie. Jer Jeremiah is saying, knock it off, you guys. Yeah. It's not happening. It's You're not making happening. it up. Yeah. Uh, Israel, or Judah at that time, was in all kinds of sin, and Babylon was coming in. And, yeah. And God says, you can call it, you can search for your peace all yeah. you want. You ain't going to have it. And talk you know, about no. it all you want. Have peace conferences and yeah. uh, make agreements, peace agreements. But uh, You can until, say these are peaceful protests. Yeah. You can do whatever. Oh, boy. And But until the Prince of Peace comes, there's no yeah. real peace. There's no lasting okay. peace. So let's go from Book of Daniel yeah. and the prophecies of, of uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, which came after Daniel but before right. Christ. Yeah, about, um, a, about 125 years before Christ. Okay, so this is interesting also. So I want to get to John 10 in a minute. But in yes. Matthew 24, verse 15, yeah. Jesus says, When you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel, Daniel. the prophet. Uh, and that takes us to uh, not the abomination of desolation by Antiochus Epiphanes, right. but by the one that's still yet future with Antichrist. Yes, prophetically, so the, the Antichrist. Yeah, we have all these different ties uh, between uh, the, the time of the Greeks um, the book of Daniel, the time of Jesus, and the time of today. Right. And when we look at John chapter 10, when Jesus is celebrating, yes. um, he it, it takes us uh, back to the time of Antiochus Epiphanes. And this yes. is what, let me read this, and I want you okay. to comment. Now it was the Feast of Dedication, this is New King James Bible, yes. Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch, and then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Yes. Uh, there's more to that, but yeah. focusing in on Hanukkah, yeah. I want to ask you this. It says it was the Feast of Dedication. Now, I've taught John chapter 10 before yeah a few different times and i have taught that this is also known as the festival of lights i've taught that it's hanukkah yeah but the new king james bible does not say it's hanukkah, hanukkah. it just says the feast of dedication and there are different feasts of that could right. be applied to dedication yes there? yeah so and, so and what was some of what's what's so fun about this passage is subtleties the the bible leaves us little clues and uh uh, in Ruth, they called it handfuls on purpose, and the Spirit kind of drops something in there that's that's actually not really necessary if you're just doing a cursory reading, but very important for what we're discussing. It was winter. Okay, so we've had feast, we've had dedications. What dedication is in the winter? And you go back into the Old Testament, and you realize there's two dedications. There was Solomon's dedication of the temple, and then, of course, when Ezra... Uh, returns to the land, they dedicate the second temple, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, one of those, as we look, it tells us was in the spring. The other one, it tells us, was in the fall. So obviously he wasn't attending that feast or that dedication or that celebration because he's at a winter dedication. Well, historically, what was there a dedication that happened in the winter? Why, yes, there was. Happened about 125 years earlier. 
during the time of Antiochus Epiphanes, during the time of the rededication of the temple, during that time of the miracle of yeah. eight days of oil. So here is Jesus celebrating this winter dedication. No, the, the word Hanukkah is not in there, but that's what Jesus is celebrating. And, and I, I am thrilled by the fact that, I, and this may sound um, kind of childlike, in the Lord, but it's kind of like, if it's good enough for Jesus, I'm going to celebrate too. I, so I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about this because we've done Passover together. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing Hanukkah again together yes. with some friends here shortly. Like, uh, shortly. Um, and some other things too. Uh, and then being in Israel for different feast days, you've been there for all of them. I haven't been there for all of them yet. Yeah. But there is this, this, it's the celebration. Yeah. And it really does, um, not only is it fun, yeah. but these things, all all of them point to Christ. Every single one of them. I, I've um, I, I shared with you before that uh, probably one of the biggest things in my life was when I first became a Christian, I didn't want to read the Old Testament. It was somebody else's history. And I was having enough trouble with 200 of my own in the United States. Why did I need 3,000 of somebody else's? And it was the Lord that really spoke to me and, and pointed out, Jesus, behold, I come in the volume of the book, Hebrews says. And John, search the scriptures. In them you think you have light, but they are they which testify of me. And as the Spirit nudged me back into the Old Testament, I went looking for Jesus. And I've come to the belief that he's in every book easily, every chapter uh, I believe, I can't prove it yet, but every verse points to Jesus Christ. And I, so I mentioned to you earlier that I believe that every single feast, that's why we like celebrating Passover so much. It points to Jesus, and they all do, and so does Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things that relate to Christ. First of all, we have this, uh, they add two branches to the menorah, right? And, and the menorah always comes off a central column. Mm -hmm. Takes us back to John 15. So you have the one center, yep. and then on a typical menorah, you have the three. On either with, side. With the one in the, the middle. What's yes. the middle one called? It's called, well, it's it's on the Hanukkim, on the mm -hmm. the one with eight more branches, it's called Shamas, or the servant, or the, the servant. attendant. So the, the, yeah. The, the uh, Hanukkah is four on each side. Yeah. And the typical menorah is three on each yeah. side. Yeah. Okay. But they're all connected to the central branch. John 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. These things, if they're uh, detached from that central column, they lay on the ground. They can't give light. They can't do anything. And, and that's why it's so important to me that we're grafted into Jesus. Because of him, we become the light that's of the great. world. We can so, give out light so to the, the world. So the one in the middle... The servant, yes. The the servant candle, yes. How do you say it in Hebrew? Again? Shemash, shemash. Yeah. So you actually light the other. It's it's the one that gives light to all to, the others. So you actually take it, light yeah. the others. In the same yeah. way, Jesus, right. the light of the world, gives light to us to Praise allow us Lord. to be a light to the world. Praise the Lord. So there's a picture of Christ, the servant who gives us light. Eight days. Eight is the number of new beginnings in the Scripture. Okay, and uh, that's important too because he was a new beginning. So uh, we see we see Christ there. We see the the miracle of the oil, and of course with the feasting part, we've got to eat foods with oil. So we have latkes, 
potatoes, pancakes fried in oil, and we eat a lot of jelly donuts. <laughs> There's this pastry in Israel. I can't remember the name of it. David could tell you, but it's this thing they only make during Hanukkah. It's like this great big giant cupcake donut sugar thing that will put you on a sugar high. I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah. It looks good, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it is. It's good. But uh, I can't remember the name of it or what you call it. But uh, pictures of Christ all the way through. Um, in the past and in the present, there have been bullies. There have been people who push us around. There's been people, you mentioned it earlier, telling us what we have to do in the church and how we can meet and how we can operate and how we can't operate. And there's always bullies in everybody's life. And, and that's just a fact of life. But the Lord comes in and deals with the bullies in our lives. We don't have to handle it because he says, I've got this. I've got it for you. I'll take care of it for you. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And, and he'll take care of it. He'll do all those things for us. But um, the holiday begins at sunset. Uh, unless it's on a Sabbath, you light your candle as soon as you see three stars. If it's on a Sabbath, you want to light it before sunset because you don't want to work on the Sabbath. That's a little legalistic. Uh, and there's certain prayers and there's certain songs that are, that are sung. And oftentimes the family will get together and talk about what miraculous thing has God done in your life in this last year? And it's, it's a time to give testimony to what God is doing in your life. I think this is important because we tend to, as Christians, look at the scripture and go, yeah, you know, a long time ago, there was lots of miracles and stuff, but I, I haven't seen anybody raised from the dead in a couple of weeks now. <laughs> so what's the deal? Uh, I want to take you to the book of Acts just for a second. It's a, uh, 26-year period, there are approximately 50 miracles listed there. So it's about two a year. As we're reading it, though, it's like, on oh, one right after the other, and after the other, and after the other, because it's all condensed. Yeah. So have you seen two miracles in your life in the last year? Yeah, I have. Miraculous things. Healings, prayers answered, God's supply. And literally, miraculous things where there was no way out of this or no way through this, and God has worked. And then you get a group of Christians together, maybe a small study group, and go, what has the Lord done for you this year? You get 10 people, and if they've each got two miracles, well, that gives us 20 miracles for the last year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, pretty soon you got 100 miracles that happened this year. And these incredible praise reports. What yeah. I find funny is, I, you know, you've been around church longer than I have, and because you're older than me. I just want to point yeah, that yeah, out okay, to everybody. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so not a lot older. But uh, given that, you know, you pray for people. Yeah. And they'll come up to you and they'll say, hey, can you pray for me? I've got, it'll be something that's just, it, it looks like a disaster. The doctor has given them a really bad prognosis yes. on cancer or something like that. You pray for you pray for him happens all the time, and then they'll go see the doctor. And then they'll come back. Oh, the doctor was was wrong the first time. Apparently, uh, there's nothing there, yeah. and they don't realize. Didn't, don't you know we prayed? We prayed, we prayed for a and healing. you got healed. And then and then it's ah no no that was just a mistake. It never was anything. No, this is God answering our prayers. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And and um, I think even as a young believer, I I went through the same thing. I know we pray for people, and I remember a guy calling me out to his house in Corona, and he said, listen, I'm sick. I'm going to do what James says. You're one of the staff pastors at this little church in Riverside, so would you please come and pour oil on me and pray for me? And I thought, 
yeah, it's cool. It's what the Bible says. So I, I get some oil, you know, olive oil and 30 weight or something. And I went out, I prayed for the guy. There was another brother with me. I prayed for the guy and uh, he gets up and he starts getting dressed. I go, well, what are you doing? I didn't expect it. I didn't believe, right? And it kind of reminds me, remember when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, where we were talking about in Caesarea Philippi, that the disciples are dealing with this kid that's demon-possessed. And, and Jesus asked the Father, do you believe? And he says, yes, Lord, help my unbelief. Yeah. And that's where I was. It was like, Man, I believe this, but help my unbelief. Hey, I give I give him credit for recognizing yeah. that. Look, I don't have the faith I wish I had yeah. or I need to have. And I think that's a good place to be. It, it, it is. But as we grow, now I expect it. I, I know the Lord is the great physician. I don't demand it. He's not my, you know, spiritual genie or spiritual Santa Claus or anything. I know he's in charge. I know he has a plan and purpose. But I do easily believe that he can heal people. We've seen it numbers of times. Uh, one of the more miraculous was uh, a girl who'd broken her neck in a car accident, went and prayed for her. And, you know, she had her head in one of those halo things and screws and all that, took him out. She was perfectly fine, but she did exactly what you had mentioned earlier. She said, wow, it must not really have been broken uh, because wow. it was such a miraculous healing. And, and, she actually fell away from the Lord very sadly wow. because she thought, wow, I did okay. I'm healed. Yeah. See you next problem, Lord. Yeah. And that, and that's sad. Yeah, it's very sad. And uh, it's, unfortunately, um, God doesn't get the credit often in the, the churchgoer's life. You yeah. know, God does these incredible things. But Hanukkah is a reminder that, no, God did this. Yes. God is the one who saved. So we're looking at our world today, where, where yeah. we are right now. I know we're almost out of time. But we look at where we are right now, and it looks like um, there's this pending doom. Yeah. But we have, we still, the, the Lord is with us. Everything is going exactly as God has predetermined it would go. Yes. He told us the way things are going to work in the last days. Hanukkah is actually a reminder of God's grace and yes. God's provision and God's glory and God's strength. And the fulfillment of God's prophecy. Yes. One of the important Absolutely. things, I just want to yeah. hit this really quickly because it's so important. Uh, one thing is, uh, I, I just was going to drop back to Matthew 10, 26 for a minute. I want to be a servant. And to be a servant, you must be the light of the world. You're not hid under a bushel. I want Amen. to be a light to the world. But here's the important thing I really wanted to get to. The Old Testament promised. Do you remember the Jews were so discouraged in Ezra and uh, Nehemiah and Esther because the temple had been destroyed? They went back and they rebuilt it. And you remember that during that time, the older people were sad. They were wailing. They were crying because the temple wasn't what it used mm -hmm. to be. This magnificent structure that Solomon had built was now this, uh, okay, we did the best we could. And the young people, though, were like, wow, we got a temple again. And they're rejoicing and they're shouting. And there was a promise given at that time that the glory of this second temple will be greater than the first. Now, what could be greater you remember the dedication of Solomon's temple? The Shekinah glory comes into the temple. The priest can't even stand because the spirit is so heavy, the Chabad, the weight of the spirit of God. And suddenly, 70 AD, this second temple, this remodeled temple by Herod, the great, another one of those ego guys, <laughs> uh, is destroyed. 
where was the greater glory? And for a lot of Jews, this is heartbreaking. It's like the prophecy's been broken. It hasn't been fulfilled. There wasn't a greater glory than Solomon. It's like, wait, there was. The Messiah himself came to that temple, was dedicated as a baby in that temple, taught in that temple. And right where you were reading in John 10 there is Jesus in the temple, the greater glory than the Shekinah filling that temple. That prophecy was fulfilled. And that's our hope. Amen. Messiah has come. Amen. Messiah has fulfilled the Hanukkah prophecy of greater glory in the temple. Amen. I love that. And yeah. he's coming again. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Bob, it's been great having you with Thanks, with Tom. Me, it's uh, always tonight. a pleasure to hang out with you. We have fun. This, the, we do. I can't wait to have you back. In fact, we're going to be celebrating Hanukkah. Uh, Pastor Bob and I are together with a few friends, and we're going to eat, too. Yeah, it's gonna of be course, great. of course. We're going to have music. We're going to have fun. We're going to read uh, some passages, probably John 10, maybe even yes. Daniel 11 again, inspired by this today. Yes. Uh, but, uh, Bob, it's been great having you here. But this is still a reminder that Jesus is coming again. Uh, all of the prophecies were fulfilled regarding his first coming, and uh, every one of them. And every single prophecy is going to be fulfilled of his second coming also. And as we look at the Bible and the prophecies, that's what we do here on Sunday nights. Yeah. Uh, we look at Bible prophecy. We're watching all of the different signs. They're going to have their fulfillment in the tribulation period. But Jesus said this in Luke chapter 22, or excuse me, Luke chapter 21. He said, when you see these things begin to take place, Look up for your redemption draws near. Folks, we are watching all of the prophetic things begin to take place. The things we've seen this last week are incredible. Every day there's just amazing things that are happening. We live in amazing times, but be strengthened. I hope that you are blessed by uh, my time here tonight with Pastor Bob and uh, certainly the reminder that Jesus is with us and he is the one who works in, in incredible ways. But also, even with Hanukkah, it's a reminder, uh, just like a Judas, uh, a Maccabeus, who, who has to get into the fight. Or uh, you look at this, Judas the hammer, excuse yes. me. So he's got to get in the fight. The people still had to get into the fight. Yeah. Uh, there were still difficult times rebuilding the temple uh, at the time of Ezra. They still had, it, it, was, it was tough. And getting caught up with building your own house and doing things for your flesh and wanting yeah. to just live. A normal yeah. life. There's yeah. not a normal life in Christ. It's an exciting yeah. life. It's an exciting life, and it does require yes. that you get. Sometimes you got to put on the big boy pants. And, well, and, and, uh, and like the, you the said, boots. look up. Everybody, yeah. I, so many people I talk to are looking around and getting discouraged. Amen. Look up, your redemption Amen. draws nigh. Yeah, that is a great way to close it here. Uh, don't look around and get discouraged. There's a lot to get discouraged with if you're looking at the news every day. Look up for your redemption draws near. Listen, uh, may have a blessed week, and I look forward to being with you next Sunday night. God bless. Bless you. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.